Hello and welcome back. Today we're going to be discussing another lady in history today. Today it is a French woman named Adèle Hugo. So Adèle Hugo was born in Paris on July 28, 1830 to parents Victor and Adèle Hugo. Rumors did circulate around the time of her birth that Victor wasn't the father, but a different man named Charles was her father, as her mother had an affair with him, but it quieted down as Adèle grew up. Adele grew up with her three older siblings named Leopoldine, Charles, and Francois Victor. She got along well with all of them, but she did live in the shadow of her older sister, as Leopoldine was the favorite of both their parents, and when she died, Adele was only 13, and it was a terrible loss to the family. Dealing with that, she grew into a beautiful yet melancholic young woman. She had dark eyes, delicate features, and long dark hair. At 20, Adele was lovely but, but lonely and didn't like the Paris high life. Her solace was her writing and composing as she was brilliant at the piano. She also loved listening to the diverse guests that always hung around her father. She loved listening to the writers and critics. In 1851, at the age of 21, Adele's life would change. For her father and her brothers were exiled and thrown in prison for their writings, criticizing the government and the new emperor Napoleon. When he reached the ears of Napoleon, he had her brothers thrown into prison and her father was exiled from France. For the next six months, Adele and her mother lived in Paris where they joined Victor in exile on July 15, 1852, to the island of Jersey on the English Channel. And once they were reunited, they would all live at Marine Terrace, which would be her home for the next three years. While there, Adele started to write a book on female emancipation, which she vowed that the work was a serious one which, quote, no one would laugh at in a hundred years, end quote. And I truly wish I knew more on it, but her biography only mentioned it in passing and I couldn't find it anywhere on the internet. Adele wasn't discouraged from her writings per se, but it wasn't considered a worthy pursuit. Her father wanted her to be married and settled with a husband and children. There was another obstacle as well, an inability to publish her writings. Because she was a woman, she did not have the freedom like her brothers, and since her father kept her rather under lock and key, and he did not want this. While in Jersey with this, and no outlet for her thoughts, she was becoming isolated with her brother Francois Victor noted on her with, quote, being Lady Nostalgia, end quote. Also, the pressures of her father, who again wanted her to marry and marry very quickly, it was not helping her mental state, nor her isolation. And her father promised a generous dowry, which he told her he would hope to render her, quote, marriageable. Adele found his remarks ridiculous, and she responded by proclaiming, quote, Marriage is a humiliating thing for women, a mere transfer of property from patriarch to husband, end quote. She also added this to perhaps please her father's pride by saying that she would, quote, not miss for the world being called Miss Hugo, end quote. In early June of 1854, Adele would meet a man who changed her life, an Englishman named Albert Pinson. I've also heard his name be called Penson or Pinson, but the way it's spelt, I'm assuming it's Pinson, so I'm going to go with that. Adele wrote about this in her journal about the encounter, quote, he saw me for the first time on a bench on the terrace in Jersey. I was sitting down, reading. I was absorbed in my book, and I didn't see him. But he saw me, and from that day he loved me. End quote. The pair met often after this, and he came to dinner often, sometimes several times a week, and Adele invited him to her family's seances. An occult family. How fascinating. He enjoyed this, but he also enjoyed Adele's beauty and intensity, but it was her money he liked best of all. And Adele liked his confidence and his easygoing behavior and mannerism. Although Albert wasn't in Jersey for love or looking for marriage, he was, in, he was there trying to outrun his debts in England, and he was a notorious gambler and ladies' man. 
He was only in love with Adele because of her dowry, but Adele didn't know this. She believed he loved her, and he let her believe that. So in order to marry Adele, he had to ask for her father's permission, and despite Adele claiming she loved him, she refused the proposal when he proposed. And Albert, rejected as a husband, no longer attempted to play the part of her suitor, since only the marriage would bring him her dowry. Adele was alarmed at his changes in behavior and regretted her refusal. By the end of the summer, in her mind, she couldn't wait to marry him and become his wife. And it seems a rather hasty thing to do, but this almost flip of the switch, or I guess toss of a coin almost, of her emotions was becoming um, rather glaringly obvious as time goes on. At the end of September, Albert left Jersey to join the British Army. He lied to the lovesick Adele that his father had purchased a commission for him, yet he joined the West Yorkshire Militia, which didn't require a commission. Adele was distraught and had not yet told her parents what happened between her and him, but her strange and distant behavior did not go unnoticed. Her mother was deeply concerned for her, and she thought it was due to her unhealthy isolation on Jersey. She argued with her husband that Adele needed female friends of her own age and the variety of life back in Paris. After many arguments and pleading, finally Victor relented and they left for a trip to Paris. Adele reportedly enjoyed her trip and seemed to have improved her mental well-being. But within a few days of returning to Jersey, she became withdrawn again, much to her mother's worry. Adele took up writing relentlessly to Albert, trying to get him to leave his command and come marry her, as she saw him as her one and only for her. But to Albert, he saw a desperate woman whose sanity he was beginning to question and he told her no. And what began in the beginning as a mutual affair, it now grew into obsession on her part and some contempt on his part. By the summer of 1855, Adele was at her breaking point. She tried to confine her brother Charles, but he only told her that marriage would be the only escape from their controlling father. By September of 1855, they would leave Jersey for the island of Guernsey, since Victor's criticism of Queen Victoria did not sit well with the locals. In the early days of the move, the change seemed to help Adele's mental state, but sadly, her unease returned. And I think the lack of any type of output for her is probably not helping matters at all. By 1861, Adele was able to see Albert again. She slipped away during a planned trip to Paris, and instead of going there, she went to the Isle of Wight with her maid, Rosalie. They did meet, but she didn't get a proposal from him like she was expecting. Albert visited the Hugos at Christmas, and on December 20th, 1861, Adele wrote her father the following, the following letter, which I'm going to quote to you. <clears throat> quote, Another time you resisted another marriage, and your son-in-law brought to your firstborn daughter a splendid dowry of great love. You had said, moreover, sad marriage, poor marriage. You disdained this noble young man, and then one day you avowed to the world that you were proud because his obscure young man was devotion himself. The obscure young man whom you disdained today could be courage. End quote. The reference she's using here is her older sister's marriage before she had passed away. Adele's plea worked, and her father consented to the marriage. Hugo wrote in his notebook, quote, I received from my daughter an admirable letter. I am giving to my daughter 50,000 francs for her dowry. End quote. However, Albert's lack of commitment to her hadn't changed. She didn't ask Victor for her hand, despite her urging, and he left their place on December 26. He had left for another command, this time to Halifax, Nova Scotia. The months passed, and her father was becoming increasingly urgent at finding her a husband. As, again, he was worried about her being an old maid. But keep in mind, she's only about 28 or 29 during this time, so yeah, that's real old, right? 
Adele refused another marriage proposal on June 2, 1863. Some Italian poet had asked for her hand. But Adele, during this time, had secretly made plans to join Albert in Halifax. She saw him as her only love and happiness. Her brothers told their father what they thought she was going to do, but that didn't stop her, and on June 18th, she made her long dream of escape. Seemingly bound for Paris to join her mother, Adele departed for England instead. She probably knew her ruse wouldn't fool anyone long, but it was also an August holiday and the family would be scattered. So that could cause a delay and long enough for her to be able to get to Halifax and to find Albert. It was nearly the end of July, 1863. Adele was about to disembark from the ship, the ship which had brought her to Halifax. On July 28th, Adele would celebrate her 33rd birthday. The trip to Nova Scotia had taken about a month, but she was finally there. And it seems Adele in her mind had finally made the perfect offer for which Albert couldn't refuse. Her father had already supplied her with a large dowry and a monthly allowance which would allow them very comfortable. She could also easily call on her social connections to make sure he was received in high society and give him respect and he had plenty of cash. All she asked him in return was the freedom to write, compose, and to use her mind, unlike how she wasn't allowed in her father's home under his ways. To her, it seemed a simple bargain. But Adele overlooked the fact that he did not love her and did not want to marry her. Within a few days of her arriving, she wrote to her family first to tell them she had arrived in Halifax. And she wrote to Albert two or three letters, and after the third letter, he finally wrote to her that he wouldn't in any way, shape, or form agree to her terms, nor would he marry her. Adele was unrelenting, though. She had come too far now, and she vowed she wouldn't leave Halifax until she was his wife, as her freedom in her mind was now dependent on that. In September of 1863, she lied and told her family she was already happily married to him, and she herself was now Madame Pinson. Adele, at the same time, has also changed from living at the Halifax Hotel to living with a family called the Sanders, since the hotel she was staying in was draining her money. Not long after this, her family finds out the truth that she was not, nor had she ever been married to Albert. For her brother Francois Victor, it wasn't a surprise he had his doubts and had asked around once he knew where Adele had gone, and he conveyed the news to her parents. For Adele, the strain of a double life was beginning to make her mental health worse. Now, nothing is known, or at least nothing that I know, of how she lived from the later part of 1864 to the first few months of 1865. In May of that year, um, Albert's regiment changed lodgings to Halifax Citadel. Adele was delighted because of her living just a few blocks away from the Citadel, they would cross paths pretty much every day. Through the family she was staying with, Adele learned that Albert was trying to wed another woman named Agnes Johnson, and she decided to find out for herself. How would she do that, you ask? Well, she stalked them at night, dressed as a man. She even tried to get legal help to have them not see this woman, but it did not work. It seems that Adele's mental state was not in a good place, and it didn't help that the house near where Adele was staying caught on fire, and that frightened her deeply. Because of that, she switched to a house across town. But the straw that broke the camel's back was when Adele went to a party she learned Albert had gone to, and she begged him to hear her out. He understandably did not want to, but he also didn't want to make a scene, so they left the party and talked where she again begged him, saying basically that she'd do anything as long as he only made her his legal wife. But it fell on deaf ears, and he told the distraught Adele no. This incident marked a parting of ways for them. After this, she refused to leave her room, nor would she dress and take care of herself. Months would pass like this. Then she began her late-night wanderings in men's clothes, and she would talk aloud to herself often. During the year of 1866, Adele learned that Albert was leaving with his regiment to Barbados, so Adele was determined to go with them. 
Her voyage to Bridgetown was uneventful. Once she was off the boat, she asked around to where the army was located, and it didn't take long for her to find it. And Albert, with his love of the high life, he'd quickly made an impression with the locals. Adele soon returned to her habits of her late-night stockings of him. She lost touch with her family when she arrived. By December of 1866, Adele and her brother Francois Victor were once again exchanging letters. Adele received money and lighter clothing more suited for the climate of Barbados. And I find it wondering, I find it interesting, I guess I should have said, is that if her father is so desperate for her to marry, and he wants her, you know, settled and sat down, and her running away like this would probably cause some serious scandal. I've always kind of wondered in doing my research why no one attempted to go get her. But I guess it's one of those things that we'll never know. Adele would endure a very terrible loss, though, when her mother passed away on, on the 18th, sorry, in 1868. And Adele lost perhaps the only one to truly understand her plight, as her mother was always very understanding of Adele, which I'm glad Adele had someone in her corner. With news of her mother's passing, which she came from a letter from Francois Victor, it caused Adele to suffer a breakdown. She took to wandering the streets. She could be found muttering and talking to herself, which just breaks my heart. In 1869, Albert left his regiment when he was posted to Dublin, and Adele and Albert never met again after this. Despite her father's neglect and self-centeredness, he did always send money to Adele, and he did wonder and care for her. He didn't write directly to her, though. He preferred to have Francois Victor to communicate through them. On March 27, 1870, he asked his son, quote, Have you told Adele that my arms are open? End quote. And on June 11, 1870, he urged him to repeat this to Adele with, quote, my arms are open. I am old. My happiness would be to have all of you around me. And on December 2nd, 1870, he wrote, quote, I bless my daughter Adele. I promise to watch over her. Deaf is in the invisible presence. My soul will make her smile and protect her. End quote. Sometime in 1869, after Benson left Barbados and Adele was wandering the streets, she was taken in by a woman named Madame Celine Alvarez Ba. I hope I pronounced her name correctly. I did use Google translation for her last name, but that was not very good. <laughs> but anyway, she was a former slave and a native of Trinidad. The circumstances of how they met and how she convinced her to go with Madame Celine is unknown, but she was able to restore Adele to somewhat of a normal health. Adele's days of exile would soon be over, or so it seemed. Victor himself had returned to Paris in 1870 after the overthrow of Napoleon III. Her brother Francois Victor is terminally ill during this time, and her other brother Charles had died in 1871. That is for some context on her family. Now back to Adele. So, Madame Celine wrote Victor a letter describing frankly of Adele's poor mental, physical, and emotional state, and it shocked him. It seems her brother would always soften how he talked about Adele around her father. But Madame Celine's letter set everyone straight. In it, she told Victor Hugo of his daughter's madness and how sharply her condition had deteriorated. After nearly nine years, the time had come for Adele to return home. It seemed that she made no fuss or protest, or maybe she had no say, since Madame Celine informed her father that she herself would personally bring Adele back home. And they would arrive on January 22, 1872, but because of variables of the weather, they arrived on February 11th, and it was two days later that the Victor would finally see his daughter. On February 13, 1872, Adele and Victor were reunited after nearly a decade apart. Victor's first visit with Adele is written down in his diary, so I'm going to quote it here. Quote, 
I saw her again. She did not recognize Francois Victor. She recognized me. I embraced her. I spoke words of tenderness and hope to her. She was calm and seemed sometimes to be asleep. It was just one year ago today that I left for Bordeaux with Charles, who had not returned alive. Today I see Adele again. What sorrow! End quote. Adele found his once beautiful daughter an empty shell of herself, as the poverty, wanderings, and almost a decade apart made her seem unrecognizable now. What was worse was Adele was claiming to hear voices. Victor wasted no time heeding the doctor's advice that Adele should be placed in an asylum. As it was highly embarrassing for a family member to be mentally ill, and so it was kept quiet, Adele's permanent committal to the asylum, that is. According to her biography, her father wrote in his diary, Victor, quote, he had secured, quote, the best possible sanatorium for his daughter, the Manson M. Rivet at 18, at 106 Grand Rue in Paris suburb of Saint-Imind. Two days later, on February 17th, Adele was admitted. Also, Victor recorded this in his diary, quote, a door had closed more somber than that of the tomb. Nothing is known again until Victor's next visit in May 20, the 22nd. And Adele was looking better, but Victor agitated her, and sometimes she wouldn't even speak to him, and other times she'd endlessly talk about the voices in her head. On January 1st, 1872, there was some good news. Her strange behavior had all but stopped. She had recovered physically and had even begun to take care of herself. A letter received from her doctor named Alex said, quote, she asked to go out, dressed herself, walked for an hour accompanied by Madame Rivet, went shopping and lived for that hour in an ordinary life. Comforting. End quote. Sadly, it didn't win her release from the asylum, nor made her father visit her more. Her father's visit ceased for another year, and on August 7, 1873, Adele received another visit from her father. And he wrote, quote, At 1.30 we went to Saint-Imand, Juliette Duart and I. She to see her daughter, me to see mine in their tombs. Alas, I find Adele in the same mortal state, but physically better, fattened and improved in look. She embraced George's and Janine. Those two are her niece and nephew. Victor saw her a couple times a year throughout the last years of Victor's life, as he died in 1885 and Adele was his only child to outlive him. Adele lived out her life in an asylum, which was very nice for the times, and she was allowed to go out and sometimes go to the theater, which she loved. Adele died at the age of 85 on, on April 21st, 1915. She was never free, though. She spent 40-plus years of her life locked away in the asylum. Many think Adele suffered from schizophrenia, but that is very uncommon in women. You could argue since Victor's brother Eugene was schizophrenic, since he too went mad with the love of Victor's wife, who was also named Adele. But I honestly don't know. I am no medical professional, so take my thoughts on it with a grain of salt. But we know this, Adele's obsession was a manifestation of erotomania. Along with her other symptoms of mental illness, including hallucinations, Adele's condition indicates schizophrenia, but we don't know. She did, not, she did help coin the term the Adele syndrome, which is a form of erotomania. Say that three times fast. <laughs> but Adele herself suffered so much and was incredibly misunderstood. I am not excusing the stalking and obsession with Albert. That was not okay. But... She was a bit more than those mental struggles. She was a writer and she was a composer. What could she have done had we had taken her work seriously back then if she had been able to express herself? Would she have been so obsessed with him? Was she truly suffering from schizophrenia? This is kind of the thoughts I was left with after I read about her. Why do we toss her aside? Her father was also said to be mad and yet he's beloved. It's a shame that we've forgotten Miss Adele. But... 
I think now we can, at least I hope, what you get from this is that Adele was a tragic figure, but her struggles weren't just what she was. She was a bit more than it. And I hope you guys enjoyed, I guess. That is all I have on Adele. Trying to find, again, any information on her was pretty annoying. <laughs> there was basically nothing on her except her one biography, which I found that I had to rely heavily on for researching this. I will leave that linked in my Instagram at Subtle Make History because I still am trying to figure out how to link things on the podcast. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed and bye.